Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. Joining me today is Daniel Kennedy Contreras. He is a counselor at Oasis of Hope Hospital in Tijuana, Mexico, where he's doing some amazing work with people that has something to do with living on purpose. Daniel, is that fair? Absolutely. Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio. Thank you for joining me. Well, it is an absolute joy to be here with you today. Uh, I've taken a look and listened to some of your podcasts, and I just want to validate how important the work you are doing because freedom, you know, really comes, freeing of the mind comes when you can find a purpose, or I also like to say meaning. Uh, And my life calling to be working at Oasis of Hope Hospital helping cancer patients, but all the, also their family members uh, has given my life a rich purpose. And it's difficult at times uh, because we have patients that survive cancer and live 30 extra years. And we have patients that come and they pass away. But even in the transition from uh, life to the next life, that can be meaningful. Absolutely. And, and I didn't mention in the introduction, Daniel, that you you work in an interesting field, uh, psycho-oncology, which is a real mouthful, but basically it has to do with assisting cancer patients and, and counseling with them to help them maybe wrap their head around what's happening and, and derive some meaning from it. And so you're saying that that can happen regardless of whether they actually survive the cancer, they can find meaning in this experience. That must be challenging, but also very rewarding work. Absolutely. And the, the patients that have you know, been a part of my life over the last 27 years mm. have been my greatest teachers, not textbooks, not professors. All of that gave me a groundwork or a structure, uh, but it's really the people that are facing cancer and going through and their family members that have taught me uh, really profound things that I wish teenagers would learn while they're not facing cancer. Uh, And one of the most common things that I hear patients say is, I really was not living until I got cancer and life started after cancer because it's such a powerful wake up call. When you hear the words, you have cancer, it can sound like a death sentence, right? but it's not. It's actually a doorway to discovering what is important in life. What is worth giving your life for? And so I've seen uh, patients Mm that maybe only have a life extension of six months or, or a year, 
but they'll come back and their family members will come back and say, those were the best days of my life. I'll never forget a story of a patient of ours that came in 1984. So this was before uh, I started working. I started working in 1993, but this patient came and he had a lung cancer that had metastasized to his spine and to his liver. And he came in on a gurney and after two weeks of treatment with my grandfather, who's the founding uh, physician here, um, he, the, the tumor shrunk enough to let the pressure off the spine and he could walk again. And so he asked to be discharged. And my grandfather said, wait, you're responding to therapy. You shouldn't leave right now. And the patient said, well, I have something more important to do. Wait a second more important than cancer treatment and you're responding? And he said, yes, but I will be back. He left and he came back a couple of weeks later and he said, I'm ready to start therapy again. And my grandfather said, what was so important that you would stop treatment? You're in an in-stage cancer of the lung, you know, and the cure rate, cure rate for uh, stage four lung cancer is less than 1% if you check and he said, no, I had to go do something. And, you know, we're in Tijuana, Mexico. He drove just two hours to Palm Springs where his two children, adult children, were living. He had been estranged from his children for over a decade. And he went to make amends. And when he found peace in that relationship, it gave him the strength to go on. But he said that was more important than having more breaths just to know that he had restored that familiar relationship. Well, he went on to live another 28 years and he survived cancer. Uh, but, you know, those are the life lessons that I've been so privileged to have masters, you know, mental masters, soul masters teach me. And by masters, you mean the patients. They, they are the masters because... You know, when you go through fire, you're, you either burn up or you come out a master. It's so fascinating to me, Daniel, how perspective can change in an instant. And when you talk about people who are receiving a diagnosis of cancer, and that sounds like a death sentence, it really is an invitation to them to reexamine their life and 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 maybe start truly living on purpose as we say on this particular show absolutely maybe for the first time ever as they come face to face with the reality of their mortality and have you noticed this daniel nobody gets out of this alive that's right i remember once a, a patient uh, who just was full of life before he was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, but as soon as he was diagnosed, he stopped speaking. And he came to the hospital and he shut himself in his room and wouldn't interact with anyone. And a family member just said, Daniel, would please go visit him? And I did. And I asked him, hey, what's going on? Uh, because I actually found him in our dining commons. I said, can I speak to you? And he said, sure, let's go to my room. And he took the stairs. So he was strong. And I said, what's going on? Why are you not interacting with anybody? And he says, because I'm going to die. And I said, hey, was that news to you? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Did, did you really think you were going to make it out of this alive? And he said, what are you talking about? I have cancer. I said, yeah, but see, cancer doesn't determine the day you're going to die. That's kind of a, a number that's already set. What, what really is important is how you live each day. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, he was set free. It was that simple for him. It's not that simple for everyone. Uh, but he realized, oh, that's true. I may as well embrace the day because none of us know how many days we have ahead of us. Right. And we all know that eventually we're going to die. So death isn't as big of a deal as we make it. The Do you know the Dr. Patch Adams, the one they made the, the movie about with Robin yeah. Patch is a friend of mine. And he told me the biggest tragedy in life is going through it like you're dead. And most people are zombies and they're not embracing life. They're not taking a moment to grab a glass of lemonade and say, thank you, God, for this beautiful, delicious lemonade. And those are his words. Uh, and, And I see that time and time again. And that's why going through crisis, which we try to avert, crisis is really the birthplace of joy and hope and purpose And and that's what we learn here. So one thing I really want to underline is that this podcast today and this topic is not for cancer patients. This is for humanity. For people. Right. The thing I love about those principles, Daniel, is that they are universal. As you were sharing the story of this patient who said, well, I'm going to die. And you're like, this surprises you? You didn't know this before? Correct. The diagnosis simply is an attempt to try to narrow it down. You don't even know that you're going to die from cancer. I mean, he could get hit by a bus. Who knows, right? The only certain thing is that we have a predictable exit strategy to this particular life that we're in, and and that is death. You, you're talking crazy now, Daniel, because you're saying things like, well, crisis is, is the birthplace of all of these wonderful things, and, and death is not that big a deal. I think I quoted you accurately on that. This sounds like crazy talk to a lot it of is. people. It, it, it is, you know, but I, I said my last goodbye to my father uh, this April, in April 3rd, 2019, Wow. Uh, and he basically died of congestive heart failure, but he survived two types of cancer. He first had cancer when he was 58 years old, uh, but he made it to 81 years. And he's, you know, is, was my best friend, and I'll always look at him as the best friend. And I was overseas um, filming my documentary. I was at Le Cordon Bleu with uh, Eric Brafard, a two Michelin star chef, filming with him when I get the word that my dad was put on hospice. Uh, and, and I thought, okay, well, they say three to six months on hospice. And then I got a text from my stepmother saying, no, three days, something's gone wrong. And I traveled across the, the, the world and my sister and I met up in San Diego, flew to Indianapolis and drove to West Lafayette, Indiana, where he was. And he waited and he hung on just for us. And he was able to open his eyes to acknowledge us. And the next day, uh, he went to be with the Lord. And I'll tell you what, he lived a full life, and he had the three closest people that he wanted. 
you know, for his goodbye. And it was beautiful. Death can be beautiful because it's a transition and it's holy and it's sacred. But what I want to focus on today with you is living on purpose, you know, because when you live on purpose, death is like the exclamation point to a life well lived. Right. And it's a predictable transition. I I love where we're going with this, Daniel. And I've, I have to mention something before we go into the break, because I, I have had several different sources that are pointing the same direction for me, including this interview, where understanding death can give us a license to live. Absolutely. And accepting it frees you from it yeah, or from, from the from the captivity that a lot of people experience when they think about or anticipate death and, and your context there working as a counselor in a cancer hospital, uh, which is so appropriately named Oasis of hope. Yes. Uh, Love that. And I know there's a lot of purpose behind that as well. When we come back from this break, let's dig into what you've learned about purpose and how that can help us to live on purpose. Does that sound good to you? Absolutely. Thank you. Folks, this is Daniel Kennedy Contreras at Live On Purpose Radio, and we'll be right back. Do you dream of making a bigger difference more of the time? Have you thought about life coaching as something that you would like to offer If you are an influencer or a speaker or a leader or a coach, this webinar is for you. In this webinar, I'll share with you seven important clarities that are absolutely essential to setting up a successful life coaching practice. If you're ready to take some courageous steps to add life coaching to the services you offer your clients, register now at liveonpurpose.com dot coach forward slash webinar that's live on purpose dot coach dot com forward slash webinar and we're back daniel kennedy contreras at live on purpose radio today uh daniel is a, a counselor at oasis of hope hospital in tijuana mexico daniel you explained to us in the first half that uh, you work primarily with cancer patients. Right. Uh, cancer sounds like this big, dark, ominous word that nobody ever wants to have. I think you've opened our eyes to a new possibility that maybe cancer or whatever. I mean, cancer is just an example of a crisis, a, a diagnosis, something that you become aware of that now seems like is going to change your life. And it, and it probably will. It will. It probably will. How it changes your life, you have a little control over. And it can be a beautiful thing. It can be a dark and dismal thing. And that part is a choice. Now I'm talking crazy. Right. Yes, but you know, you were probably um, inspired by. I bet we have a common hero in uh, Dr. Viktor Frankl. 
Ah, well, I, you I nailed it. And, you know, Dr. Frankel, which by the way, his, his last years were spent lecturing at, at University of California, San Diego. And I was living at the same time he was lecturing and I didn't find out about it until I read his obituary. Oh. I myself, so wanted to see him speak. Yeah. But Dr. Uh, Frankel, for uh, the viewers that don't know who he is, uh, he was a psychiatrist and he was at the University of Vienna uh, but he was also Jewish when uh, the Nazis came to power and he lost his whole family and he lost his life work and, and was put in a number of concentration camps, including Auschwitz. And, and he, you know, he, he published his memoirs from that experience called Man's Search for Meaning. And there are a number of practical takeaways from that. And I'm sure you've taught this a lot, so I won't belabor the point, but what's one of the most important takeaways to me is Viktor Frankl said, you cannot control all the circumstances or everything that happens to your life, but you can right. always control how you react or how you respond to it. You can choose your attitude. And this is an important teaching at Oasis Hope. As we're teaching patients to make that decision of how they're going to respond to this health crisis, you know, uh, our oncologist, his name is Francisco Contreras, who's my uncle, baby brother of my mom. Uh, he he says something very interesting because, again, he's an oncologist, so he's a specialist in the health of the body. But he's such a mind-spirit type of oncologist. And he says, fear is the fuel of cancer. And when you can take away fear it, cancer doesn't have the fuel it's, it needs to progress. That's interesting. Possibly it, it would have enough to progress in the body, but it won't be able to progress in your mind and your spirit anymore. And he goes on to say, you know, the most important thing that you have in fighting cancer beyond your immune system, but in the spirit would be your spiritual fortitude. And when you are grounded spiritually, then you can really take the best of your soul to focus on life. Right. And that living on purpose can begin in a time of crisis. Uh, you, you mentioned about, you know, having kind of a global awareness of this. I had the opportunity last year to sit in a temple in Kyoto uh, with the deputy head priest uh, Reverend Takafumi, and he was talking about how we all try to label things as good or bad or fortune or misfortune, but he was saying, why don't we just say it's all part of life? And when we can get comfortable with things that don't seem so favorable, then we can say, well, instead of why is this happening to me, we could say, what can I get out of this? What can I learn? What can I do with it? Uh, and that's where, you know, real transforming of the mind uh, takes place. And, and you had mentioned freedom. And I think that's, that's really correct. Uh, I, in crisis, we can free ourselves of all the things that we were chasing after that we thought were important. And we can embrace the truly important uh, and I want to share a story with a, a great teacher. He was not our patient, but he did have cancer. Uh, his name was Jack Riley. 
and he had advanced stage prostate cancer. And his response to it was to um, triathlon across America. And he started out in San Francisco and it was when the Olympics were in Atlanta and the Olympic committee heard about his triathlon and they let him carry the torch for part of the way uh, on the West coast. When he finished that, he decided he wanted to cross America from North to South and he ended up in Tijuana. And that's how he came to our hospital. He ran all the way to our hospital to say hello. Oh, wow. And as I got to meet Jack one day, he handed me a list that he had handwritten a copy just for me. And the title was the hundred benefits of being diagnosed with cancer. And that floored me. I was like, I didn't know there was one benefit of being diagnosed with cancer, uh. but he had written a hundred benefits. And along that way, uh, he said kinder to his dog, never missed a sunrise again, never missed a sunset daily walks on the beach with his wife. And then he shared with me, he had been a, a salesperson, corporate salesperson for IBM. And he said he used to drive every day, six to eight hours to see clients in his region. And he would leave the house with his briefcase with a Snickers bar in it. And that was his entire nutrition uh, for the day. So he would get home stressed, unhappy. Uh, dog wants to play and he'd just kick it to the side, metaphorically probably. Yeah, and um, hopefully. You know, he was living his life on adrenaline, trying to make the sale. What a radical change to never missing a sunrise again, never missing a sunset, better nutrition, daily walks on the beach with his wife, kinder to his dog. Was that cancer crisis a terrible thing for him? We'd all say cancer is terrible. But he said, I didn't start living until I was diagnosed with cancer. Isn't that fascinating? You know, this is so much resonating with what I believe about uh, the resilience of the human spirit and, and our purpose. So we started a conversation here, Daniel, about purpose. What role that plays? Obviously, obviously, and cancer illuminates this to us, our purpose is not to survive everything, <laughs> Right. Now, we get to survive for however long we get to survive. And I don't know what's going to take my life. I don't know if it'll be cancer or a speeding bus. I don't know. Uh, and it's really irrelevant at the end of the day what it is that takes us out. Something will. Yes. Our purpose is illuminated as you share the story of Jack what did he start doing when he realized that the end is inevitable? That was the purpose. Those things that he was doing, those walks on the beach, the, the kindness, the seeing the sunset, all of that somehow encapsulates a greater purpose even than continuing to live. I, I, I heard a quote once by A. Sachs who said, Death is more universal than life because all men die, but not all men truly live. Love it. Love it. And that connects back to what Patch Adams was telling me. The tragedy is in life is going through it as if you were already dead. Right. Where, and there's an interesting 
paradox here because your full acceptance of death frees you from all of the shackles and fears and darkness around it and allows you to truly live. It, it really does. It really does. You know, you mentioned being hit by a bus twice. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, I'm just a custodian of thousands of meaningful stories, uh, you know, that patients here have shared with me. But this story I'm going to share is about a 30-year-old man who came to us and he had a, a cancer uh, in his liver but it had grown so much that it basically took over all his abdomen. And in the CT scan, uh, you could not make out a healthy organ. He was just riddled with cancer. And he had uh, what, as a Christian, I would say a miracle healing. Uh, as a, a, an atheist oncologist would say, a spontaneous remission. <laughs> I prescribe to the miracle sides. Call it uh, what you want. But I'll tell you this, Oasis of Hope had nothing to do with it because he was free of cancer in two weeks with being with us. And that is impossible for our hospital to achieve. So it was a miracle. Uh, and when Dr. Contreras held up his CT scan uh, to look at it, all of the, the organs looked pristine. So this is like, wow, what a victory. Uh, unfortunately, Two months later, we got word that he was crossing the street in downtown Los Angeles and was hit and killed by a bus. Yeah. So the important thing was really what he went through emotionally and spiritually. And he had grown so much through that cancer crisis that he came to a place in his life where he was truly at peace and at peace with his family and at peace with God. And I always try to remember this one truth, and that is all healing in the body is temporary. But all right. healing in the spirit and in the soul is eternal. Because you're not taking this body with you, but your soul is going somewhere. If you're a Christian like me, you, you have your belief on where it's going. If you're Muslim, you have a belief about it. If you're Buddhist, you have a belief about it. Right. It's one thing that is universal, you know, there's a very, very, very small percentage that just say, poof, we're just in dust. Uh, yeah. But even that's going somewhere, isn't it? It's being uh, somewhere. Of universe. You know, uh, Daniel, we share um, some Christian roots and in, in, in our faith. Uh, it's interesting that the master healers, including Christ himself, everybody that they healed died. Correct. Some of them twice. Yes. Now that's interesting and leads us back to this purpose that we've been talking about. There is a greater, more fundamental purpose, and I think it has to do with joy and with experiencing the, the rich abundance that the world has to offer us in our relationships. Daniel, you've done a beautiful job illuminating that for us today here at Live On Purpose Radio. I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. How can people connect with you, with your mission, with your work? Where's the best place for them to go if they want to, to get more of this? I'd love to share two websites. The first one is our hospital, oasisofhope.com. It's pretty simple, Oasis 
ofhope.com. Okay. And then the other one is uh, for my documentary series that will be out next spring. And that's healthylonglife.com. Healthylonglife.com. And the way I get people to remember that is healthy long life. Want one? Yeah, I want one. (laughs) So uh, that documentary series is really uh, probably where my passion comes out because my grandmother died of cancer. Her three children, including my dad, all had cancer. So my uncle and aunt died of cancer. My aunt aunt just died of cancer this year. My dad uh, died of heart failure, but he survived cancer twice. And I want something different for my life, for my wife, and for my children, and my future grandchildren, etc. And so I set out with cameras, and I traveled to 12 different countries, and I spoke to cancer survivors, and I spoke to the top researchers in the world, including Dr. Campbell from uh, Cornell University and Dr. Esselstyn and Dr. Dean Ornish. And I interviewed Dr. Greger. And then I went to the World Health Organization in Geneva, Switzerland and interviewed uh, Dr. Francesco Branca. I interviewed the, uh, from the Israeli Ministry of Health, the head of the Department of Nutrition. Uh, I had the worst interview of my life with the Nobel Prize laureate who didn't answer any questions and just told me to Google it and I'd find my answers. <laughs> That's um, helpful. <laughs> and I found out a lot. Uh, wow. and, I, and I'm sharing that in a seven part series called Healthy Long Life. And you can Google that. <laughs> Healthy Long Life. You can Google it. You can Google it and you can find my cooking app as well. So in the back, you may see a, a full kitchen there. I have a studio kitchen and we do vegan uh, recipes that are delicious, and that's a free oh, download. Fantastic! So you'll find that also at healthylonglife.com. Excellent. So healthylonglife.com or oasisofhope.com. That's where the hospital connections are made. Either way, you get to find Daniel Kennedy Contreras, who has been my my guest here today at Live on Purpose Radio. Daniel, thank you so much for your contribution. Well, it's been an honor and I'm going to be following your podcast because I, I want to continue to learn and I know that I'll learn so much uh, from your podcast. It's because of amazing guests like you and I have a great collection of them. Folks, hey, it's a love fest today. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. That's what we do at Live On Purpose Radio. Awesome. Folks, you've heard it from Daniel. Uh, Take whatever has inspired you and and take some purposeful action on that today. It is now our turn to go live on purpose.